Good morning, Pastor Norm and Sandy. We're away for going to see Jason, and so spend Thanksgiving with them. And so we're glad about that. And but right now we're here to worship the Lord to serve Him. So my teaching that I have for today is a different one. Um, it, I've never done one like this before. This one is going to be a topical teaching. So it won't be in just one book of the Bible. I'll be moving around through a few of them. Um, But I will try to give enough time for everybody to turn and follow along. But because it is a topical, I have given it a title. I am God's gift to mankind. I know, it sounds a little extreme. (laughs) It may even be blasphemous. But let's look at what the scripture says about it. And I think we all could say it. We're going to start with Psalm 139, verse 13. 139.13 For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. We were created with a purpose. Uh, We didn't have any say in the matter, such as, I want to be born into a rich family, or I want to be born into a poor family, or I want to be black or white or Asian, or even what kind of hair, whether curly or straight, blonde or brunette or whatever. We didn't have any of these choices. These were all made for us by God. We were, we were born as we were at this time for his, by his choosing, for, for whatever purpose he has. If we consider Bezalel and Aholiab, to whom God put every skill necessary, and I know nobody knows those names, but God put every skill necessary for creating the original tabernacle. They knew how to work with the metals, not just gold, but bronze and silver as well. They knew how to work with the wood. They knew how to work with the fabrics. They knew how to take the gold and and make strings that are threads out of it to weave it into the fabric for making the, the curtains that hung there. God put that in them. They were created, and they were a common person just like you and I but they were created with a purpose. We could also consider Moses. Um, He was born of his slaves. He was appointed to die, but they rescued him. He was raised by a princess. He felt a need to defend his people which I almost think it was a calling in his heart to serve God that he didn't recognize. But he ran away and he pastured lands. He was away for 80 years, yet God called him to return and to speak for him. Both to, well, speak for him to both Egyptians as well as the Israelites. And then there's Nebuchadnezzar, not even an Israelite, doesn't know God, but he 
He was created to perform judgment on Israel for their disobedience in obeying him in, his, in the commands he gave them. We are here at this time, even in this place, according to God's plan. We, each one of us, is unique, like a tapestry with various colors and patterns. We may not always know what it is God wants from us, but he has a purpose. If we continue on, verse 14 in Psalm 139. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Now we're going to turn to Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We have a purpose. When I read these two different passages, I always think of a sculptor and the care and the precision he takes with a stone to make a statue. They remove big chips and then little chips. They'll chip it here this way and chip it there that way until it takes the shape that they want it to have. God has done the same thing with us. Each one of us is different. He he has taken and put different things in each of our lives, a big chip here, a little chip there, everything to move one mass into an individual. Whatever we are today, we've each been through various things. Sometimes it feels like a heavy trial. Sometimes it's been a light trial. Sometimes it's just been a blessing. That could be the the polishing part. There's all sorts of things that we go through that's part of this life. But he did make each of us different. How would you like to go to an art gallery And upon entering, right before you is the statue of David. Come in, statue of David there. And then right over here, you step off over here, statue of David. Right beside it, statue of David. So now you go off into the other wing there, and they have the paintings over there. And what do you see? Beautiful paintings of the statue of David. All you keep seeing is the statue of David. Let's say then you ran a few errands, went home, checked yourself in the mirror, and what do you see? The reflection of the statue of David. Not everything is made the same. It would be monotonous. It would be boring. We all have our own purpose. We all do different things do things differently. We may even be trained or talented in similar things, but our point of view towards it or our aspect about it would still be different because we are different people. We each have our own purpose, our own talents, and our own gifts. 
And all of these were given to us from God. Also, as a side note, the word workmanship in Greek is the word poema, from which we get the word poem. And so each of us were created with a poem. In the book, in the books, Psalms and Habakkuk, they give the instruction, Selah. Sometimes when we're reading through there, we'll say that word. Sometimes we go past it. But that is an instructional word. And what that means is to pause and to ponder or contemplate what it is we just read. It also refers to music and to have an interlude. So it's still just the pause, a time of a pause. So we, when we look at ourselves in a mirror and see this tapestry, this statue, this poem, we need to pause and consider him to whom we belong. We need to consider Jesus and what he says of himself. So with that, we're going to be looking primarily in the book of John now. I'm going to go through a list of statements. They're not all in order. Um, and there are many other statements that Jesus makes about himself as well in, in other books. But these are just a few that I'm going to look at. And the first one is going to be John 6, 33 through 35. John 6, 33 through 35. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. They were expecting manna as Moses had delivered. But he told them he is the bread of life. And we know that in him we find satisfaction. Next will be John 9, 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And that one's very self-explanatory. Jesus is the light of the world. Next will be 10, 9 through 11. John 10, 9 through 11. Next page. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will be will go in and out and find pasture the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy i have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly i am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep here jesus tells us he is the good shepherd we know because it's history at this point that 
He gave his life for all of mankind. That's what he did as the shepherd. And as the door, it's because he is the only way to heaven. Now John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Because he is the vine. And for each of us that have given, surrendered, chosen to live for him. He will sustain us. Jesus is the vine that nourishes us. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. And it'll be chapter 12. The section we're going to read is going to be from 12 through 27. But all of this will be applicable. Well, actually, the whole word is applicable. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. As the body is one and has many members, but all the members are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head or the head to the feet. I have no need of you. No, rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on those we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part that the, that part which lacks. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. 
So we see here that God has put us together. We are a portion of the body of Christ. This church might be just a hand. It might be a foot. But we are part of the body of Christ. And every one of us has a unique part. Paul wrote at the beginning and at the end of this chapter about the Holy Spirit and the works that he does in various ways. And it's all for the common good. Not all of us pastor or teach nor prophesy, but we encourage and edify one another with testimonies of what God is doing through you. Jesus is the light. Let his light shine through you. Jesus is the bread and the vine. From that with which you are fed and sustained, share with others how God spoke to you from a passage you've read or heard. Jesus is the door and the good shepherd. Be a map that will point others in the direction of heaven. In everything, take part in the fellowship of believers. Don't separate yourself. Don't be cut off, but unite. For together we have a purpose. He talks about the hand saying, well, I'm not a foot or vice versa. And so I'm not really part of the body, but every part is necessary. Every one of us has a, has a purpose. And there is something that God wants from each of us. It was about two months ago that I cut off a part of my little finger in an accident. It wasn't on purpose. It's almost fully restored now, but the process had me thinking about the effect it had caused to my body, my hand, and my ring finger. Even though it wasn't touched, my chest had a tightness across it. And a fear would go through my mind Every time I would look at my glove or the, I was using a table saw, the, the saw I was using. And it just, you know, it wasn't anything that I knew I would be fine, but it was just, just a quickening that said, watch out. And the thing about all of this is that my ring finger was the most affected. It ached more than the injured finger did. Even still now, it's not aching, but the nerves are sensitive on this finger where it's, where it's healed. But the ring finger feels it in the same place. There's no connection. But it went through all the same things with the sympathy pains type of a th issue. It's not phantom because I've got the finger back, but this finger felt it. It was a real odd thing. I've never realized it was going to be quite like that. But it is this way in the church. We are the body of Christ. When someone is hurt, injured, or missing, it affects us all. We need to keep one another in prayer and to be active in each other's lives not just for self, but for the body. 
We need to be united in Christ. We need to walk trusting in Him and encouraging one another. Luke 4.8. This will be my last verse. Luke 4, 8. Uh, Oh, not there. I've got to find the right chapter. Okay. And Jesus answered and said to him, uh, Get behind me, Satan. Yeah, this is right. Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Jesus is telling us that it is God alone that we are to serve. I didn't pull up the other scriptures for us to go through. You've heard most all of them already anyway. And you would be able to recount them just as well. The fact that Jesus calls himself to be God. He identifies with God. If we look at um, in Isaiah where God is speaking, saying that I am the one who made the earth and made it, created everything. And then we look at John 1 and it's spoken of Jesus because he is the word and that he is the one, it was through him that all things are made. So it is Jesus who is to be worshipped. It is Jesus that we need to remember is God. We need to pause and think about that. So we need to, to, or the next time we look into that mirror and we look at ourselves, we need to remember, I am, Selah, God's gift to mankind. I know originally it sounded like I was talking about myself, but it is God through me. We are His workmanship. We are His art. We are something, not in ourselves, but because of Him. And so it is through his love and his life that we can live and that we can move and we have our being.